Can you tell me what the topic of our series is? That's right. You only find truth for today and hope for tomorrow through Jesus Christ. Tonight our topic is memory lapse and monkey business. I invite you to come camping high up into the mountains, far from any cities, and it's a crystal clear moonless night. As you look up into the sky, it's a canopy ablaze with bright lights stretching from horizon to horizon. The stars are breathtaking in their beauty and overwhelming in their abundance. You are at awe with the wonder of your own smallness as you take in the spectacular evidence of just how big the universe is. All through time, human beings have looked up at the sky and wondered because the sky seems to hold the promise to the three of the biggest questions we all face. Where did we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Somehow it's almost instinctive that if we can find out the answer to the first question, where did we come from, we'll know the answer to the other two as well. When men invented telescopes, the sky, sky drew near. And then in the 60s, we left our home planet and ventured out to explore beyond Earth. In 1969, we walked on the moon, and now we dream of traveling to Mars out beyond our own solar system. But why? I'll tell you why. It's because we hope that we'll find something out there to tell us how we got here and how life began. We comb through all the information that is sent back from Mars and other planets from unmanned probes looking for signs of life. We peer into the depths of our universe looking through the Hubble and other telescopes for signs of how the universe began. Every new day you can find the latest results of Earth scientists in their efforts to learn from looking up at the night sky to find out how we got here and how the universe itself got here. Well, friends, do you see the tragedy of this? Do you sense how sad, lonely, and pathetic we are in our search for our roots? Because the answers are found in the very first words of God's word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yet nearly the whole human race, including the best scientists, choose to ignore these words and treat it as if it's part of a child's fairy tale. We go right on trying to figure out how we got here and where the stars, the planets, and we ourselves came from when God himself told us the answer. Why have we forgotten? Why the memory lapse when it comes to our roots? Why do we prefer to believe in monkey business and evolution that teaches that we all descended from monkeys and apes rather than from the hand of God? Let me tell you tonight, my friends, if I descended from monkeys and apes, somebody forgot to give me a tail. <laughs> There's a reason why we've forgotten, and tonight we'll learn that reason. You see, God knew we tend to forget him as a creator of everything unless we had a regular reminder. So right at creation itself, he gave us one. 
He created an entire day to be set aside each week for us to connect with our Creator and to remember His creative power. On the seventh, the last day of creation, He gave us the Sabbath. But right from the first, Satan, our enemy, hated the Sabbath. He knew its power would remind us of God's power to create us and then after sin, recreate us from the inside out in his image and after his own character. So he worked hard to get people to forget the Sabbath. So when God gave us his Ten Commandment law, he began the Sabbath commandment with the words, Remember the Sabbath day. If we all remembered the Sabbath and celebrated it each week, as the Bible tells us, there would be no need to look to space to find out how life began. There would be no atheists. Do we have a memory lapse? Does this boil down to the monkey business about evolution? Science seems to be focused not on uncovering the evidences of God's creative power, but rather on trying to find evidences of our origins apart from God. Tonight, let's go to God's Word as we look at how the Sabbath itself was given to us at creation. There in the first week, God gave us a reminder of His power as the Creator of everything. Genesis 2, 1-3 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it, he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. But as we've said, as time went on, men and women forgot the Sabbath, and when they forgot the reminder of God, they forgot him too. 2,500 years later, he gave us his Ten Commandments to remind mankind of the Sabbath. Exodus 20, 8-11 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the Sabbath day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and he rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Revelation 14.7 says, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come. And worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and the springs of water. John in Revelation, paraphrasing the fourth commandment, says, In the last days there will be a judgment hour, a call to worship the Creator. When God says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, it is given for all mankind. And that's what Jesus said. Jesus said in Mark 2.27, The Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath is God's love gift to the entire human race. 
Every seventh day we have a palace in time, one that descends from heaven. A whole 24 hours that God says we can flee from stress and come and get connected to the God of the universe. Come find belonging, a rest, a purpose, a refuge. The Sabbath given in Genesis was 2,300 years before the Jewish race existed. At creation, God said, let there be light. And there was light. The Bible says, God separated the waters and dry land appeared. Then God made a firmament. He wrapped the air fresh and pure to breathe. God said the waters and the tides can come no further than the sand, and that's far enough. God said, let the earth bring forth flowers, fruit in abundance, and be covered with living green. God said, let the waters abound. Oh, what a wonderful God we have. He could have made all the fish one color, but he made them for us to enjoy. God said, let the birds fly in the air. God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures, and living creatures dotted the landscape. Then in Genesis 1, 26 and 27 records, God said, Let us make man in our image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Finally, after six days of creation, God said, I will sanctify a refuge. I will create a sanctuary and a refuge. I will give them a symbol, a reminder that I created them. They shall never forget that I am the creator. The first full day of Adam and Eve's life was a Sabbath. Genesis 2.1 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. The Bible says God did three things on the seventh day. First, God rested on the seventh day. When we rest on the seventh day, it shows we love Jesus and acknowledge that he created the world. The Sabbath is a symbol of rest in his love and care. Second, he blessed the seventh day. God put a blessing on the seventh day that he didn't put on any other day. You can only be blessed when you worship on any other day of the week. If you want a Sabbath blessing, you get it worshiping only on the Sabbath day. Third, God sanctified the seventh day. What difference does a day make? Does it make a difference to God? Yes, friends. He called us to worship Him on a day He sanctified and made holy. Proverbs 14:12 says, There is a way which seems right to man, but in its end is the way of death. Satan in the Garden of Eden said to Eve, What difference does a tree make? All the trees are the same. Today, Satan still tells people that days don't make a difference. 
the tree was set aside for Adam and Eve as a test. And the test wasn't the tree or the fruit. The real test was would they submit to God's sovereign authority. When they ate for forbidden fruit, they rejected the sovereignty of God and set their opinions as higher authority than God's. Professor E.W. Thomas noted, man could not keep the original Sabbath and forget God. Throughout the Old Testament, the Sabbath was a sign between God and his people. The Bible says Abraham kept God's commandments. The Sabbath as given in Genesis was before any Jews. The Sabbath has been kept by God's people through the ages. When Moses led Israel out of Egyptian bondage and into the wilderness, God fed his people with manna from heaven. Manna fell for six days. On the seventh day, manna didn't fall. God supplied a double portion on Friday. Any other day, the manna would rot if they tried to keep it over from one day to the next. So God performed a double miracle. No manna falls on Sabbath, and a double portion falls on Friday. In Exodus 16:26, it says, Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, there will be none. When Israel went to gather manna on the Sabbath, there was none. God said in Exodus 16:28, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? The Ten Commandments were given by God for all people at all times and in all places. Scripture in Exodus 20.10 says, The seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In the Old Testament, Sabbath was a sign of allegiance, of loyalty, and of obedience. A sign that says, I'm, I'm connected with my Creator. Ezekiel 20.12 says, Moreover, I also give them my Sabbath to be a sign between them and me, that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Some Christians are confused. They think Jesus come to do away with the law and to do away with the Bible Sabbath. On the contrary, Jesus said in Matthew 5.17, do not think that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Jesus, Did Jesus come to destroy the law? The one that says, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal? No, I don't think so. Did Jesus keep the Sabbath or did he destroy it? Luke 4.16 says, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. On Sabbath, Jesus announced he was the Messiah while reading from Isaiah. Wouldn't Jesus have done away with the Sabbath in his life if he had planned to destroy the law or introduce a new day of worship? Jesus himself kept the Bible Sabbath. Adam and Eve were Sabbath keepers. Abraham was a Sabbath keeper, as were Moses, Isaiah, Jeremiah, 
and Daniel. Jesus told the disciples to keep the Bible Sabbath even after his death. Jesus said to his disciples in John 14:15, If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus gathered his disciples and talked about the destruction of Jerusalem. The Roman armies would destroy Jerusalem and the temple. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 24, 20, But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. In the New Testament, there were 84 times the disciples kept the Bible Sabbath. The disciples loved Jesus enough to obey him. In Acts 13:14, speaking of the disciples, the Bible says, They went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. Paul went to the synagogue to convert the Jews. Acts 13, 42 and 44 clears this up. The Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. The Gentiles said, we want to worship Jesus too. So on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. Acts 16.13 says, And on the Sabbath day we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made. In both Old and New Testaments, God's people worshiped the Bible Sabbath. Acts 18.4 says, And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. Revelation the Bible's last book calls us to obedience to worship the Creator. Revelation 14:12 says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. In the last days, God will have a people who love Him enough to obey Him and love Him enough to keep His commandments. The Bible says in Isaiah 66, 22 through 23, For as the new heavens and the new earth which I make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. From one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Notice it says, from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me. If we worship him on the Sabbath up there, shouldn't we be worshiping him on the Sabbath down here? Some say, can we really be sure which day the seventh day is? Hasn't the calendar been changed? Would God give a commandment so complicated that nobody could keep it? The Bible tells us what day the seventh day is. Astronomy tells us what day the seventh day is. Language tells us what day the seventh day is. And history tells us what day the seventh day is. There is absolutely no question which day is the seventh day. Remember the story of the crucifixion? Luke 23, 54-56 says, that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew near. Christ was crucified on the day, 
the Bible calls preparation day. The Bible says in Luke 23:54 through 56, and the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils. The Bible continues, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Preparation day, the day Christ died. The next day, the Sabbath, he rested. Ladies wouldn't even embalm his body. Obvious the commandments weren't nailed to the cross. Christ's closest followers rested according to the commandment. Christ rested on the Sabbath in life, and he rested on the Sabbath in death. The Bible describes what happened on the third day in Luke 24, 1 and 2. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Now notice, Friday, the preparation day, the day Jesus died. The next day, the Sabbath day was Saturday. The women rested as Christ rested according to the commandment. The first day was Sunday, the day Christ rose from the dead. So you have three days in succession. Do we know what day Jesus died? Yes, we call it Good Friday, Preparation Day. The next day the women rested on the Sabbath day. In English it is called Saturday. The first day is Sunday, the third day after Friday. The Sabbath is the day between Friday and Sunday. The Bible is clear, and so are most common dictionaries. Dictionaries say the seventh day, Saturday, is the seventh day of the week. Astronomy knows which day the seventh day of the week is. Ask astronomers. The United States Observatory said this, We have had occasion to investigate the works of specialists in chronology, and we have not found one of them that had ever had the slightest doubt about the continuity of the weekly cycle into the Christian era. The British Royal Observatory in Greenwich, England, confirms the authenticity of the weekly cycle. Saturday is indeed the true Bible Sabbath. On the common calendar for most of the world, Saturday is the seventh day. Thousands studying their Bible conclude the seventh day is God's true Sabbath, and they must follow Jesus all the way. To follow Jesus, Jesus beyond tradition, is beyond what preachers teach and beyond what religious books teach. We must follow what God's book teaches. I think of Anna studying, sitting and studying her Bible about the Bible Sabbath. She became troubled, so she called her pastor and said, I've been studying the Bible regarding the Sabbath. The Sabbath was given in the Garden of Eden. Then God rested on the Sabbath. God also blessed and sanctified the Sabbath. God gave this to us hundreds of years before there were any Jews. 
I read in my Bible that Abraham kept the commandments, the same commandments that were written by God's finger on tables of stone. Ezekiel said the Sabbath is a sign between God and man. The Bible says Jesus kept the Sabbath every week, that the disciples would keep the Sabbath, that Peter and Paul kept the Sabbath, and that we will keep the Sabbath in heaven. Anna said, I have a question to ask you. I want to know what the true Lord's day is. Some Christians say that Jesus rose on the first day, and we should keep that day. But the Bible never said that Jesus rested on the first day. It doesn't say Jesus sanctified the first day. Although man says we worship the first day, I don't find that in my Bible. Pastor, I want to know about the true Lord's day. Why is it that some things are in the Bible more than once? The pastor was very wise. He said some things are in the Bible more than once, so when God wants to emphasize it. So if you miss it in Matthew, you get it in Mark. She said, Pastor, I only want to go by the Bible. I want the light of Christ to shine from God's word. She said, Pastor, I read in Revelation 1.10, I was in the spirit on the, day, on the Lord's day. I want to know what is the true Lord's day. I read in Matthew 12.8, For the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Mark 2.28 says, Therefore the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. And Luke 6.5 says the same thing. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And I said, Pastor, if the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath, then the Sabbath is the Lord's day. The truth is the expression, Lord's Day. It is mentioned only once in the Bible in Revelation 1.10. It says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. John is simply saying, I had a prophetic vision on the day the Lord set aside. The day the Lord created as a symbol of his love and refuge. He's saying, I had a vision on the Sabbath. Let Jesus define what day the Lord's day is. When Jesus says the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath, I believe it, don't you? Anna sense the Sabbath is the true Lord's day. She asked her pastor, what should I do? The pastor said, I counsel you to follow Jesus. Friends of mine, you may leave here and friends may try to talk you out of following Jesus. I can only counsel you to follow the Bible and follow Jesus. Would you like to tell him tonight, Oh Lord, I love you so much, and I want to worship you as a creator. I know I can only find refuge in you. I can only find my security in you. I can only find my true Sabbath rest of body and soul in you. In order to follow Jesus, you need to surrender your all. Won't you tonight surrender your life to Jesus? We bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we all want to worship you as our Creator. 
Thank you for all the many blessings you give us every day. Thank you for all the wonderful people you brought here to hear our message. Lord, please be with everybody as they travel home. Keep them safe and bring them back to us safely for our next meeting tomorrow. In Jesus' holy, precious name we pray. Amen. I certainly hope this has answered some of your questions about the Sabbath. It has been Larry's objective as he presented the Sabbath to you tonight, not only to present the day that is right, the Bible day, but also the day that points to Christ, Jesus Christ, who is our, our creator, and Jesus Christ, our redeemer and restorer, inviting us to rest in his works on the Sabbath day. Maybe some of you are thinking, why does the majority of Christendom worship on Sunday, the first day of the week? Something just does not make sense. Tomorrow night, you have the opportunity to hear the rest of the story. Thank you for coming, and God bless you.